0: Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this.
1: Hey, I'm just super thankful to be here. Um, It's actually kind of surreal to me because Rebecca and I, Rebecca is my wife, she's here on the front row. Uh, We've joined this church two years ago, and to, to think that I'm here standing and I get the chance to almost give back a bit of the blessing that I've been receiving for those two years, it's just amazing. So thank you, the team, for trusting me with this. Um, yeah, I will go for it, man. <laughs> no, it, it's really cool. I'm, I think we're in a great series at the moment. We're talking about life, talking about summer life. And uh, yeah, just those, the preaching has been so encouraging to me so far. And I hope today you feel encouraged as well. Uh, so for those who don't know me, uh, I'm Rémy, or Rémy, like some people say I heard, but I'm actually French, so the real way of saying it is Rémy. You want to try? Yeah, I heard some good ones. I heard some good ones. Good job, guys. Uh, I'm 30 years old. I know. I look younger. Uh, I'm married to Rebecca. I know. How did that happen? Um, Rebecca is from Estonia. I'm French. We both live here in Amsterdam because, well, it's a fair ground. Um, I, don't, I don't have family here, she doesn't have family here, so we get C3 as a family. Um, and yeah, so what I do in my daily daily day, I don't know how you call that, but I, I work as an after-sales specialist for a, a mobile phone manufacturer, and uh, today you get to have me speak, so I hope you guys are excited just like I am. Alright, cool. The, the topic is summer life. So life, it was interesting because the idea was to have every preacher that's preaching through this summer to choose a verse that contains the word life so i was asked and i went up to rebecca i talked to her and i said here's the the thing i have to choose a verse with the word life and i say which one should i take and kind of as a joke she said oh just pick up the first one that comes up you know why why go difficult so i thought well, like what if the first one is not good you know i don't know um, but so in the end i did take the first one that came up so here we go genesis 2 verse 7 it says this Oh, we're going to be on the screen. Here we go. The Lord God formed men of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. We'll get back to this verse quite a few times through the preaching. And uh, what I find interesting is, like, life is kind of a funny thing. It has a lot of contradictions in itself. When you think about it, it's the one strongest thing that drives us all at the moment. However, it's also the most fragile thing. It can be taken in a moment. It it brings all kinds of emotions, all kinds of joy on day one, but all kinds of grief on the last day. That's, again, another contradiction. It has all kinds of contradictions in itself when you think about it. It has no limit. Life has no limit except when you put time in it. Um, it's, It's something that's common to everyone. You have a life. I have a life. But yet yours is different than mine. And what's even more interesting is that life, we all have one, yet not all of us will live it. At uh, the beginning of July, Rebecca and I, we went back to Estonia. I, um, uh, I've been to Estonia quite a few times because Rebecca's family is there. Actually, about seven or eight times, I believe. Uh, and if you know Estonia, it's not that big of a country. So there's actually not much to do there. <laughs> and it's quite of a challenge for me to go and find something new to do with the family. And this time, we did find something. We were going to go see a Viking village. Guys, do you get as excited as me when we talk about Viking village? I mean, I was seeing myself on a Viking boat, I was throwing axes, forging a weapon, I don't know, like, doing all those kind of things, so I was really excited. So, as a family, Rebecca's family, me, her sister that was visiting as well, we decided the next day we'll go. Uh, Being super excited, I woke up early, I always need a shower in the morning, so I thought I'll go first and let everyone else get ready afterwards, and so I did. I woke up, took a shower, and then I thought, it's going to take a while, there's only one bathroom, I'll just wait in the living room. So I did what everyone does. I took out my phone and scrolled Instagram. Yeah, you guys recognize it, cool. And uh, I was just waiting and I was thinking, man, it's taking quite a long time. But I thought, hey, come on, Remy, there's one bathroom, a lot of people, you know, be patient. So I then decided to Skype a friend. I was giving some update about vacation. And um, then I was thinking, man, this is really taking a long time. I want to go see that Viking village. And at some point, Rebecca just barges into the room. She's like, Remy, What are you doing? Everyone's waiting for you. And I'm like, what do you mean everyone's waiting for me? I'm waiting for everyone. I was ready first. And she's like, no, everyone's in the car waiting for you. We're wondering what you're doing. (laughs) So you see how this could have taken a while, right? And I find that sometimes in life is the same thing. Nothing happens until you get moving, right? And what's even more interesting is the life life with God is exactly the same way. Things don't happen until you get moving. Let's look at this verse again. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 7, it says, The Lord God formed man of dust. I'm going to stop right here. God formed man of dust. He got active. He did something for life to happen. God formed life. And what I find also really cool to know is that God is a creator. He created all things. But what he creates is active. Think about it. What is the first thing he created? Light. I have a lot of light on my face right now. I can barely see you guys, but the first thing he created is light. And if you have looked a little bit into it and light is this thing, it's a vibration and it's a transfer of particles of uh, photons. If you, if you are into science, I'm not that much, but just so you know, it's a, it's a vibration of something. And what's interesting with light is if you stop that vibration, if you stop that active part of it, what you get is a passive counterpart, which is darkness. God creates active things. Think about sound, exactly the same thing. Another type of vibration that your ear and your brain recognize as a sound. You stop the vibration, what you get is a passive counterpart which is complete silence. Many of things of God are the same way. Think about it, think about faith. It's about seeing something that's not here yet. It's about believing strongly for something that's not here yet. It's getting your faith into action, your belief into action. Think about love. I don't think love is a feeling. I think love is something we do. Um, for those who are familiar with the Bible, if you think about the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of these, I challenge you look into it. None of those are passive things. They're all active. Even more, let's look at Jesus' miracles in the Bible. Everything that he did as a miracle required someone to be active first. He said, you want to be healed? Go to the pool and wash yourself. He said, you want to walk? Pick up your mat, stand up and walk. There's another example where a lady had a blood loss for 12 years, and she woke up to Jesus, touched his garment, and she got healed. What's even funnier in this story is that Jesus turns back to her. She hasn't said a word yet, and he says, take heart, sister, daughter, Your faith has saved you. She hasn't said a word, and Jesus is already recognizing faith. You know why? Because faith is into active things. God has created us to be active. Just as a side note, it's a bit of a joke. I didn't find any book of sit and wait in the Bible. But I did find a book of Acts. So think about that. He created us to be active. If you're a bit familiar with the Bible, when we look at this verse that we're reading, it's talking about the breath of life. And the breath of life is very often associated to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. It's the notion of a wind, the notion of something that blows, the breath of life. In Hebrew, we have the word on the screen, I think. The word is ruach. Did I say that right? Any Hebrew person here? No? All right. Okay. Ruach. What's funny about this word, even in itself, it has the sound of a wind. It's roaring and it's blowing. It's ruach. Do you hear that? And that's the, the word that's used for the Holy Spirit in the Bible, and that's That's very interesting, at least in the Hebrew part. And when we look at that verse again, we see that God created man, but man started living only after God had breathed into it. What this is telling me is that it's his breath, it's his ruach, it's his spirit that's causing us to be alive. That's a real good challenge for us this morning. It's we should seek for the Holy Spirit to experience truly life, life in abundance, the way God has designed it and intended it for us, right? And like I say, life is about getting busy. It's about getting active, right? And you say, where did you get that from? Well, actually, if you go a bit further down in the verse in the chapter of Genesis 2, it says that Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to do two things, to work it and to take care of it. Life is about getting busy. It's about being active. It's about growing, multiplying, moving, bearing fruits. Amen? And we're thinking about moving and growing, but very often then we get the question of, like, moving where? Where do I go? I believe that the answer here is that the way with God is the way forward. Um, Well, what a revelation, Remy. The way is forward. (laughs) Right? I know. I know. It sounds cheesy. I know. But here is the truth about this. Depending on how you look at life, you'll find yourself in a different place. Um, When I was a kid, I tried out a few sports. One of the first thing I did was I I was doing BMX. So I'm on a small bike, going around a track, taking jumps, taking corners. First one at the end wins. But sounds pretty easy, right? Well, in fact, there's a bit of a trick in it. Everyone would think that the trick is negotiating the jumps well, but in reality, every battle is won in the corners. And I remember that I used to struggle with this a lot. I wasn't good at finding out the right race line that would counter what my opponent is doing so I could take over. And um, I had a trainer who used to say, the issue, Remy, is that you look at where you are when you should be looking at where you want to go. Later on, I tried with football, playing soccer. Um, I wasn't really good at first, so I was always looking at the ball that's right here because I wanted to make sure that... I do the right thing with my right leg and do the right thing with my left leg. I didn't want to mess up, right? And I was getting frustrated because my trainer was always saying, like, Remy, head up, look up, look up. You need to look up. And I was like, I can't. I have to look at the ball. And he said, you don't look at the ball, you look at the goal. Yeah, right. Later on, I tried another thing. I did some badminton. Uh, anyone knows the sport, badminton, right? Uh, you exchange a shuttlecock. I look up the word in English, which I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> It's the little old flying thing, right? And when you're uh, a good server, what you wanna do is actually fight against natural tendency, which is that you always naturally, you look at where you're gonna, you're gonna hit the, the thing, right? You, you say, I wanna put it there, so this is where I look, because that's natural. But actually, a good server is learning to do the opposite thing. It's like, I'm gonna look somewhere else, so I, can, I will not lose my advantage of serving. Um, another thing that I've learned afterwards, when I started driving, is that there's a thing that's funny when you're driving a car is wherever you look, the car will end up going. You guys start to see the principle at work here, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not losing you yet, right? And the truth about this is that our gaze will determine our path. And that's true in life as well. And actually, it's even true with positive and negative things. Uh, I have a few examples. You guys choose which ones are positive, which ones are negative, is that cool? All right. So let's say, and I'm not pointing any fingers, uh, let's say that uh, you spend your time browsing through H&M.com or AliExpress.com or those kind of websites. What is the most likely outcome? You probably end up buying something, right? Another example, if you're constantly looking at ways to grow yourself, grow your career, you're reading books, you're listening to podcasts, you're talking to people who are successful, what is the most likely outcome? you'll end up growing and developing your career. Uh, If you're a man and you're married and you constantly look at other women and you constantly look at stuff online that you shouldn't be looking at, uh, the most likely outcome is you'll probably be unfaithful and you possibly will ruin your marriage and the future of your children as well. Um, Another example, if you constantly, however, show up in church, surround yourself with people who have good values, you talk to these people, you read your Bible, you spend a life of devotion, what is the most likely outcome? You will grow spiritually and you will grow in maturity. So pretty much the, the, the concept is simple. We need to pay attention to what takes our attention. Because what we look at will determine where we end up. Um, I don't know if you know about the Apostle Paul. He was uh, someone who actually at first was persecuting the Christians. He, uh, he was living at the time of, uh, uh, of Jesus. And what happened is that everyone that would follow uh, Jesus, his goal was to kill them. Uh, quite simple, quite head-first kind of guy. Uh, you believe in Jesus, you believe his message, I'm going to kill you. Uh, what happened at some point, however, is that he got an encounter with Jesus. That encounter completely flipped his life around. And today, he's recognized as the biggest influencer of Christianity in the early days. He has reached the entire known world because he decided to spread across the message of Jesus. And let's read what he says in Philippians 3, uh, verse 13 to 14. And yeah, it says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have laid hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. If you look at his attitude, his mentality, he's, he has his eyes on the prize. He has the desire to press on and to go forward. And that is exactly reflecting what we've been saying, which is that, where you look is going, to decide, is going to determine where you end up. And he knew that. He kept his eyes on the prize. His gaze was, was determining his path. And we see the uh, consequences of all this into how much of advancement of God's kingdom he has done, right? And the other thing that we realize, like he said, I press on towards what is ahead. That means he got active, man. He, he was not letting any second pass by without him doing something for his goal. The way with God is the way forward. So what we learned from Paul here is like, we shouldn't be spending time revisiting the past. We should learn how to let go of offense because that's stopping us. We should learn how to go and forgive because people, when we we keep something against someone, a grudge against someone, you're gonna be ruminating that thing over and over again and you need to let go. And this is what uh, Paul is talking about here. And he's talking also about hope. That hope is simply saying that the best is yet to come. Hope is in the future. So when you put your hope into practice, when you put your hope as something tangible in your own life, naturally you'll be led forward. And that's the way with God. And I know because at some some times in my life, I have realized that hope is actually a bit of a scary thing. Um, Because you have a sense of what God could do, but you don't feel up to the measure. You don't feel like you could be the guy that God is speaking about. He says, I have a calling for you, or I have a plan for you. I have a desire to grow your life in a certain way. But sometimes you look at yourself and you're like, I, I don't think I've got what, I ta- what it takes. But what I want to say now is that you actually, you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. Let me, let me explain that to you, and as, as the band is now coming back up, um, in the New Testament, so we talked about the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit, is ruach, right? In the New Testament, the word for Holy Spirit is dunamis. Here we go, dunamis. So in English, we get a few words from that. First one is dynamic, and the second one that I was thinking about is dynamo. So, what is a dynamo? I have a bit of an example here. It's a bit small. You guys won't see it uh, very well, but I can see it really well, and I explain how it works. Um, uh, So actually what i'm holding is is a dc motor so that's a component uh, an electrical component that once you power it up once you bring some external source of power on one side on the other side because of how it's designed here with coils and magnets you generate some it generates a movement right so it consumes energy to generate a movement a dynamo is exactly the same part but i'm using it the different way a dynamo is You bring in some movement, and because of how it's designed inside with coils and magnets, it generates power. You see, I believe that as Christians, too often we have thought of the Holy Spirit or our relationship with God to be like a DC motor, where we're waiting for some kind of external source of power to make things move in our life. Very often we look at ourselves and we say, this is not going to happen until this or that, this or that is going to happen first. But life with God, the Holy Spirit that lives in us is a dynamo. It's a dynamo of heaven. And it works differently. It means that you first got to activate it. You got to put some movement into things. You got to put some things in motion so that it starts to generate the power. Because you've got the potential. This is in you, the dynamo of heaven is in you because of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you, the breath of God, the breath of life, his ruach, his dyna, dynamic is exactly inside of you. The dynamo is you put movement into your life and things start to change, it generates power. I think you're getting where I'm going with this. Uh, but just in case I have another example, <laughs> this is a lamp, all right? And, This is a different kind of lamp. There are lamps where you have to put batteries in so that they start to shine a light. This one is different. This one, I cannot put any batteries anywhere. I can't open it. But what it has inside is this dynamo. So if I want to see light happening, and that's a bit of a representation of our life, too often we wait to find a pre-made type of a power, pre-made type of resource that we, that we can just put into our lives so that life happens. But in reality, life with God is different. It's, you've got to crank it, you've got to do something about it. So maybe that means you've got to really focus on your life of devotion. Maybe it means you've got to start talking to those people that you need to forgive. Maybe it means that you've got to stop putting your eyes on those things that are taking you down the wrong path. Maybe you've got to pray a bit more. Maybe you've got to, you know, put yourself into motion. And I'm talking spiritual, spiritual stuff, but also practical stuff. You want the new job. Maybe you've got to go out and put your CV out. You want to, um, I don't know, have a promotion at your job. Maybe you, you have to start taking up those opportunities. And what you see as you go, as you crank it more and more and more, what's happening is that now you get light. You get light. So my encouragement to you is this today. That you've got what it takes by design. You have everything that is required for the future that is ahead of you. I, I don't know, I'm getting a bit worked up about this, but you guys are feeling it as well. Are you here with me? Right? You've got the full dynamo of heaven inside of you, the full spirit, the full life, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. Think about that kind of power a power that is enough to bring someone back from life, take victory over death. That same power is now in you. So my question to you is this, what is stopping you? What is stopping you from taking that jump? What is stopping you from moving forward? What are the things that are now in your way or in your thinking that look like mountains that you think that you don't have the the kind of power to go over? What are those things? Think about it for a moment. I want to, I know that when we talk about those kind of principles at the Bible, we tend to keep it large and think about, oh, that's a good concept. But in reality, we want to make it personal, right? So what I'm trying to do in this part now is, I want us to kind of go maybe a bit of a smaller atmosphere, which is why the band is already up. We can have a bit of an atmosphere where we're going to refocus a little bit and bring it back to me personally, bring it back to you personally. And I want you to ask yourself these questions. What has stopped me from moving forward? What is the situation where you need to break through? And as I'm saying this, I'm sure something is popping up in your head. Maybe your dreams or your goals, they seem too big that you've let yourself think that you need some kind of external power for it to happen. Maybe you've let yourself go dormant or inactive because you thought you need something external. Or maybe your situation has changed in such a way. Financially, your work situation, your family situation has changed in such a way that you let yourself be discouraged and think this is never gonna happen for me. I can't move forward until this is resolved. Maybe you've been deeply hurt or offended by others by what they have said about you, but what they have done to you. I really wanna challenge you today. What does it cost you to go and forgive? What does it cost you? Because when you don't forgive, it does cost you a lot. It means that you can't go forward. Today, I want to give you a chance to, to make a new commitment again with God. I want to give you a chance to say, God, I realize that I have this dynamo inside of me. but I have let it go dormant. I haven't been cranking it. I haven't been putting it, anything into motion. If that's you, I believe that today you get a chance to recommit and make something fresh again. Or it could be that you are someone who's, we, we've been talking about the fact that your gaze will determine your path, what you look at will determine where you end up. And today you look at your own life and you know in certain areas you went down the wrong path. You know you're not exactly where you would want to be or where God has planned for you to be. and today you're hearing this message and you realize maybe it's because of what I've been looking at, what I've been focusing on. Uh, is it that you've been, if you're a married man or and you've been looking at other women and it's making you feel awful inside and you're down the wrong path and you know that's not who you're supposed to be. Or maybe you've just been jealous about what others have. You've been looking at their possessions, their financial success, their career success, their family looks awesome and You've been looking at them and you feel like, I just don't have what they have. And you feel jealous and it's taking your eyes on a different path. Or maybe you chose complaining instead of being thankful. Maybe your eyes is now focused on everything that's going wrong. Instead of focusing on what's going well. I love, I love what David said earlier. It's a storm in a teacup. That puts stuff in perspective in such a way that I think applies right here, right now in this message. Have you been complaining and making it big when actually God can solve it for you? When actually you have the power inside of you, the full dynamo of heaven to bring breakthrough into this situation? Maybe you've seen limitations instead of opportunities in your life. Maybe you've been saying like, things are not happening for me in my career, but at the same time, when your boss is asking you to do something new, you refuse it or maybe there are stuff happening in your marriage and you know there are some efforts that you could put in, but you decided to think that someone else that should do it. What I want to tell you today is that you have a chance to hit the reset button right now. You can have your eyes reset on the right thing. It is not too late today. It is not too late today to decide I'm gonna focus on something else. I want to go down a path that brings me closer to Jesus. I want to go down a path that brings me closer to who he is, to who to the whole magnificence of heaven, the glory of heaven. I want to get closer to that because I know that when I get close to it. Life comes into motion for me. Power is released through my situation. Breakthrough is happening. Walls don't stand because God is carrying me through. I want to really encourage you with this today. And as we close our eyes now towards the end of this message, I want you to take a moment to think about those situations where you believe that God can do something, but you've let yourself go inactive about. Have a moment. Think about that situation. Now, I know... We usually don't go down a bit on a smaller scale at the end of a message, but I really think that this is appropriate right now for you to take a moment for yourself. And as you close your eyes, you get rid of the distractions around you. You start to be conscious of the atmosphere that you're in, the presence of God. And you start to realize this situation, I've actually got what it takes to come over. I've got what it takes to break through. I do have the knowledge. I do have the blessing, the favor of God. I do have his spirit living in me. And those situations that have been stopping me, those feelings that have been stopping me, in Jesus' name today, I take victory over.